Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Joshua chapter 8. Here's verse 18. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Hold out the javelin in your hand toward Ai, or I, for I will hand the city over to you. So Joshua held out his javelin toward it. Remember this, this sets the tone for everything that's to follow. Because God said, I will hand the city over to you, he's holding out his javelin. This is a gesture of victory. It's, it carries with it you know, military significance. It means just onward. And we're going to talk about the spiritual legacy and discipleship implications for this simple gesture in just a moment. But for now, back to the text. So uh, Joshua held out his javelin toward it. When he held out his hand, the men in ambush rose quickly from their position. They ran, entered the city, captured it, and immediately set it on fire. The men of Ai, or I, turned and looked back, and smoke from the city was rising to the sky. They could not escape in any direction, and the troops who had fled to the wilderness now became the pursuers. When Joshua and all Israel saw that the men in ambush had captured the city and that smoke was rising from it, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. Man, doesn't this sound very familiar? Like if you were with us in our, our series in Joshua or Judges, you could see that like this, this same tactic was used by, uh, you know, a, a couple generations later, a few generations later in, in, in Israel, kind of imitating this, this same thing at the very end of the book of Judges. The men in ambush came out of the city against them, and the men of Ai were trapped between the Israelite forces, some on one side and some on the other. They struck them down until no survivor or fugitive remained. But... They captured the king of Ai and brought him to Joshua. Now, verse 23 is significant to me, and I want to camp out on it for just uh, 17 and a half seconds. This guy thought that he was the victor. In fact, he was in the previous engagement, and now he's got to answer to the victor. You may feel victorious over God. You may have gotten away with sin, and he's shown you mercy. You can mistake that mercy for license, but the day's going to come, even if you've got victories under your belt, my friend, where you are going to have to stand before the victor, and the roles will be quite reversed. Look at Exodus 17, verses 8 through 13. This is, I think, the predecessor to this very victory. We've seen how Joshua is staying with the troops and he's among the troops and he's, he's right there out there in the battle with uh, the troops. But he's now holding up the javelin over the army that God has given him command over and they experience victory. Here is Exodus 17. At Rephidim, Amalek came out and fought against Israel. Moses said to Joshua, okay, so remember this is a flashback. Select some men for us and go fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the hilltop with God's staff in my hand. Joshua did as Moses had told him and fought against Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. While Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But whenever he put his hand down, Amalek prevailed. When Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat down on it. Then Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until the sun went down. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his army with the sword. This is pretty cool. Now Joshua is doing what Moses did. There was a time when, you know, I mean, Joshua was, you know, kind of the, the frontline lieutenant and he's doing what Moses tells him to do. And then Moses is standing over him with the staff of God in his hand. Now Joshua is standing over the army with a javelin in his hand. We can see how God has told Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Look at this text. This is proof that God, that, that even the act of just raising a javelin, 
not only is he sending the troops forward, but he's also experiencing a fulfillment of exactly what God promised. God is with Joshua as he was with Moses. Joshua has made an important transition that I think some of you need to make as well. Do you remember when, you know, you were in elementary school and the fifth graders looked like full grown adults to you? And like my, my son Asher just started middle school and he's like, the eighth graders look like they're driving and voting to me. <laughs> like they're all huge. They all look so big. That mentality doesn't leave you when you become an adult. Um, a guy who mentors me recently kind of uh, laid some truth on me. And he was like, Jesse, you're about the age that some of your seminary professors were when you were in seminary. And, uh, you know, that, that, that hit me hard because when I started seminary, I was 22. And, you know, I thought that like my seminary professors were these, you know, giants of the faith. And, and that, that, that those days when I might be of their caliber in any remote sense of the word, you know, it was a long way off. I, I I felt like I had to climb Mount Rainier with no safety gear, you know, to finish my, my MDiv. And then the, the master's degrees uh, the, it leads to the doctorate, which is an even higher mountain to climb. And that was a forever away. It, it, it snuck up on me and, uh, and, and it convicted me. And so, and in, in, as a result, I, I haven't felt like I, I've, I feel like I've, I've, in many ways, I've, I've messed up as a pastor. I don't feel like I'm qualified to mentor other pastors, but I do see other pastors seeking this from me. And, and, and like, this is convicting me personally. You know, my mentor asked like, what is your, what, what, what are your degrees for? You know, really like using them in the church, but it, you know, are other pastors in the kingdom benefiting from the, you know, from what God's done. And so I, I pass to you what is convicting me. You may have thought that the person who discipled you was this titan of the faith and you'll never be at that level, but like here you are. And you'll never be at that age, but the time has come. And they felt that way about the time that they poured into you. So it's time for Joshua to step up and start leading the way that Moses did. It's time for you, perhaps, to begin discipling Joshua. Okay, the person who discipled you, I guarantee you, suffered from imposter syndrome on, on some level. And I think in the context of discipleship, that's healthy because it indicates that we are aware of our own sin nature and our own shortcomings. Nonetheless, it is not by our own wisdom and our own brilliance that we disciple others. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit, the perfection of the Word of God. The person who discipled you certainly wasn't perfect. Neither are you. So would you look at this shifting of the legacy as Joshua steps into the role and the full capacity that Moses did over him. He experienced victory because Moses had the staff of God raised towards heaven. Those whom he's commanding now experience victory as he points his javelin forward. Think about the one who raised the staff over you. It's time to pick up that javelin right now. Send, if you're a man, the younger man of God. If you're a woman, the younger woman of God. A text, a Facebook message, a messenger pigeon, a smoke signal something book a coffee appointment raise the staff toward heaven see that person experience victory step into the legacy that you've inherited just as joshua did